Hello, welcome to the Mostly Yoga podcast with me, Aaron. Uh, that's my name. My mom gave me that name. My mom is in the living room. She is working from home today. <laughs> Maybe you get to hear her if she's on a Zoom call and then you can hear her talk. But otherwise, today I think it's quite quiet. Nice and quiet today. Uh, oh. Yeah, nice and quiet so far. Maybe I spoke too soon. Usually it's always very noisy when I record, when I start recording these things. But today, today, nice and quiet. Weather is nice or so, very cooling. Um, very good for sleeping in, very good for snuggling up. You know, have a hot, I'll have a warm drink with you. Which is also the best way to listen to today's podcast because I have a good one for you today. Uh, my guess for today's episode is none other than Lee and it's been a while since I spoke to her because when I was overseas and a couple of months before that I haven't seen her so you know a long time it was a good opportunity for me to catch up with her as well and it's been a while since she stopped teaching public classes at home and she's been working on her own thing now with living yoga, holding events, holding workshops, and, and, and the occasional retreats. You know, she's been traveling, going to Bali, going to India, living her best life. Lah. And I'm glad she is. I'm glad she's well. Uh, we went over to her place to record this party. And then she fed me some quinoa and some beetroot thing. And then we caught up for a bit, and it was nice. And then, yeah, you know, I haven't seen her in a while, so it was nice to catch up. And then when we started recording, she... she so the stuff that we talked about today uh, in the conversation, talk about how life is like, how life has been like for her, uh, talk about her personal shifts, talk about my personal shifts, travels, some some dramas overseas... And stuff of what's to come, I guess. It was a very easygoing podcast to to record as well. She's she's my friend, you know. She's someone that I know, so I wasn't as nervous. It was just really catching up. All and if the mic wasn't there, we would probably be be talking about the same thing anyway. So that was nice. Um, so I'm excited to share this with you um, when we get to it. But before that, uh, I just want to again let everyone know uh, rather to thank everyone for listening uh, <laughs> yeah thanks for listening la. Uh, it means a lot keeps me motivated to, to, to do this uh, and if you happen to be a long time listener and you like what you hear you can go to coffee.com slash mostly yoga to show your support if you do decide to give a little donation, thank you so much in advance. And if you don't, then that's fine as well. Because you can always still listen to this for free. And I'm happy to keep making this because I like to talk to people and I like to listen and I like to connect with all these interesting people that I've had on and who I'm going to have on, continue to have on. And... Yala, let's not digress anymore. Without further ado... Here is Lee. Enjoy. Hey. Okay. Kai Shula. Hello, Lee. 
Hello. Hey, aren't you going to do like a spiel? Like, oh, this is mostly yoga podcast. Yeah, I, I haven't done this in so long. I don't know what to say anymore. Okay. Just start off. Um, uh, thanks, for the, thanks for lunch. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the lunch we both didn't finish. Yeah. It's nice to be back here. It's nice to see you again. It's nice to be around the cats. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm. We got the chance to caught up for a bit before we started recording. So that was nice as well. Mm. Um, a lot of personal shifts, like how we were talking about, both for you and for me. 100%. Uh, mm. And you know, right, the, whenever I do a poll on the Mostly Yoga account, the Instagram account, then they ask, hey, who do you want me to speak to next and blah, blah, and that kind of thing. Most of the people would just say, like, do another one of you. Really? Yeah. So what do they want to know? I don't know. <laughs> what juicy <laughs> secrets? <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot has happened in the past few months. It's so been I, years since it, we did the first podcast, For sure, it? yeah. After, after, after you did the TT. After my first TT, yeah. You've already done like four TTs, right? Season four or three. Or three. I've done four. One, two, three, four, yeah. Five, because there was one year where I did two. Uh, the, the the wives, right? The, the, yeah, the, the Nepali, Nepali, right? the Nepali yeah, five, ladies. Yeah. yeah. So wow. it's four years there. Eh? Four years. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. a lot has happened since then. Uh, we are different people. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I. Thank God we're different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to think that if I was still the same person as I was four years ago, wow, Sien. That's scary. Yeah, but I'm glad I'm a different person now and we should be. Yep. Um, I, I guess then that will be the first question. So, who are you now, Lee, having gone through all your trials and tribulations, your mm. travels, your experiences? Who am I talking to now? Who's this Lee? Who's this version 2.0? I think, well, I sense that I am a woman in a phase of my life where I've learned to be more receptive. I've learned the power in surrendering, Mm. surrendering to what life is, as opposed to trying to bulldoze my way into... Resist, but also to bulldoze into sort of like shaping it into what I think or believe it should be. So I would say I am somebody who is more in alignment both inside and outside. Wow. I hope, I hope, I hope, yeah. <laughs> so, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> you did not expect so that, nice, right? So nice. what, a, what a lovely opening. But it's true. I, I feel like I agree with that. Mm. Um, in some way, uh, I I feel the same way personally as well. Like this, uh, there's, there's just a surrender. There's just a yeah. Uh, whatever that has happened has happened for whatever reason that it was meant to happen, and then we are just adapting or we are just being able to move forward from it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's it's funny because um I think on my recent teacher training, one of the trainees asked like. Like, for example, in yin classes or in classes where a teacher is encouraging a state of receptivity and softness, you know, some teachers would say, oh, surrender into the posture. Mm. And they were, we were having a discussion as to, isn't surrender sort of like a very fatalistic um, word to use? Mm. And, you know, it's got me thinking. So I feel like I, to a certain extent, I really enjoy the word surrender, but I feel like it's also yielding. It's also sort of like, allowing and receiving mm. as opposed to always needing to shape or to do 
I think I've been asked that, or rather, I've been asked that to define that a little bit more. So, yeah. like, people have asked me, like, isn't surrender a bad thing? Like, mm. you lose what? But there's a difference between surrender and giving up. You, If you yield or if you give up, it's no choice. You have to give up because mm. I, I lose already what? But if you surrender, it's a choice what? To let mm. go. So, it's about reaching a point where there's nothing left to do and then you just let fate take over. And, and life a, has a way of pushing you into yeah. that corner, doesn't it? And that in as well, and that in a way is also a choice one. So if something, certain, certain things happen to you, certain difficulties that happen to you that you have no control over, the the two options are to resist or to surrender. And you're not giving up; you're just allowing whatever has happened to happen to you. Yeah. So there's control in that surrender one, which is power. So you're taking the power back. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I need to sort of digest yeah. it a bit with my lunch <laughs> Wish, yeah. um, how's life been since home since leaving mm. home um, people miss you eh? for sure mm. your presence has still been felt over there thank you I think leaving home was the greatest fear mm. and the greatest adventure of my life Wow. In a while. Um, I've been with home for eight years, I think. Uh, grew a lot in the community. Really enjoyed being in the presence of community students and teachers. And I think I was scared shitless mm. when I finally made the choice to go. Felt like I was pulling the rug out from underneath my own feet, sort of that feeling. But the past seven years, as seven months since I left, has been amazing. It's been mm. an adventure, you know, sort of like, ooh, I've come out of the container, I've come out of the safe cave, and the world, it's literally my oyster. And I think it's also, I feel very blessed that the travel borders opened shortly after I left, and it's given me a lot of leeway and freedom to begin my retreats again which was something I really enjoyed doing and I couldn't do because of the pandemic um, and to have you know like free flow mm. what is the yoga I want to teach what are the sorts of spaces that I want to facilitate for yoga to be shared and absorbed and imbibed you know and you know it's the possibilities are endless and I'm really enjoying the excitement that comes with it yeah I mean like that was something that you when you were shifting at the initial, uh, that, that particular year, like at the beginning of the year, and everybody could sense that shift in you, in your mm. teachings as well. You know, my chats with Edmund or whoever, then we're like, yeah, at least shifting. And we didn't know where that was going to lead to. Me neither. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then now that, like, when we see that, you know, you're doing your retreats and your, your TTs and you're holding that space authentically the way that you wanted it to do, it makes sense. Like it all fell into place. You took that chance. You 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 listen to whatever your inner self, yeah. and then it all worked out. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you're in that space now. I'm Me glad too. that you've had all these adventures, which we will slowly dive into. Okay. But we can talk about the recent one since it just happens fresh mm-hmm. in your mind. Mm-hmm. The Bali trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was in Bali earlier this <clears throat> month for a retreat that I hosted, but I also flew in a lot earlier with my sister, who, Mm. you know, I hadn't spoken, properly spoken to in almost 15 years, but the past two years has just been incredibly healing for our relationship, 
and you know to be on holiday with your sister in 15 mm-hmm. years it's it's not an easy feat mm-hmm. um but yeah it 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 is beautiful and we're closer than ever we take like weekly sunrise hikes up for canning so to wholesome. yeah to sit we have a swing that we like we sit on the swing we meditate together we receive the sunrise and then we go down the hill and we have like a 3 or 4 hour long breakfast just to you know catch up you know mm. i feel like we've got so much catching up to do and to reconnect as who we are right now mm. yeah no better time than now lol yeah for sure interesting yeah. yeah i feel like i've been reconnecting with my sister as well because mm. she she moved out she she bought a house mm-hmm. uh, a year ago and then when i went overseas so i was away from my mom in, in singapore so then when i came back and then she had time on her own i had time on my own and then my dad also came back because he was in the hospital for like a year it's a long story then when he came back um we both had time away from him so mm. and then we could we could just heal like as an adult as as adults as people like who have gone through the same thing and I think when we went out for lunch last week and we've never what, for like 35 years I've never been out to lunch with my sister before and she treated me for lunch for my birthday. Yeah. And we just chatted uh, talk about my mom, you know, talk about life and then and she and she's a very different person to me, but we still like we were still the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was nice as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. Thank mm. you for sharing. Um Yeah, I feel like distance sometimes offers us that space to gain new perspective on our own but it also speaks a lot that you know two people who were maybe estranged are able to sort of vibrate on the same mm. level again oh i love that vibe yeah it's such a vibration yeah it's such a beautiful thing in life <laughs> to experience that going away and that coming back together mm. and how that going away supported the coming back mm. together to be so much more beautiful and authentic. Mm. So I think we're very lucky you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Going away offers perspective, offers space mm. to reevaluate, to mm. reflect. And then uh, like trips are like travel has always given me perspective. And space has always been something that I value mm-hmm. freedom you know just being away being able to do what i wanted to do yeah yeah for sure what else has shifted i mean oh um about bali what what else happened in bali so you right yeah <laughs> i got food poisoning again <laughs> and i took myself to hospital again mm. um got on an antibiotic drip So I was so sis and I we signed up for an Ayurvedic retreat. She's um, into that stuff now. Well, she got into it in the past two years that we reconnected mm. and she's also got sort of like some physical healing to do. So I agreed to accompany her. So she was staying for 15 days, I would stay for 10 and then I'll come mm. out and host my retreat and then we'll meet up together, we'll head down to the beach for a few days and then fly back to Singapore. That was our plan, which you know, felt super solid mm. at that time. <laughs> What could go wrong there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and then we went into the retreat and um, we were put on a ghee detox um, program. And it was honestly in my years of practicing and understanding Ayurveda, quite a harsh approach to it. Like every day you drink like a shot of ghee. Every day they increase that shot of ghee by two tablespoons, which is seriously a lot of oil to be t- and fat to be taking into your body. 
and we are sort of like preempted that the whole detox process is not going to be very comfortable because essentially the ghee goes into your body it draws the toxins from various systems within your body into the gi tract and then the ghee detox culminates with what we call purgation where you would then be put on laxatives and you're supposed to sort of like push all the toxins out and what one of the doctors said quite poetically is that you cannot squeeze a dry trunk so you sort of need to like mm. really seriously lubricate it before you can squeeze all the toxins out, which in theory is a beautiful um, system. But on the second morning after I took my second day of ghee, I started to get really nauseous after breakfast. So I thought it was part of the detox process. Mm. And, um, and then the nausea became like heart palpitations. And I kept checking in with the doctors. I said, are you sure this is part of the detox? And they say, yes, you must continue to take your ghee. And I sort of trusted them because, you know, in Ayurveda, and you go on a, a, a treatment like that, you have to submit to the physician to a certain extent. You have to trust in their chops, right? And the good thing about it is that I was keeping up with my pranayama and my meditation practice. And over three days, I started to really sense how the quality of my breath was diminishing. So I could easily take like a breath count of six, and then that became four. And on the day that I decided that, you know what, I think I need to seek external help, I couldn't even hold my breath in for like two counts. It was like, <gasps> you know, and wow. the exhale was like super choppy. My heart was like beating at, oh, I don't know, 120 mm. beats per minute. Something was seriously wrong. And when they still insisted that it was all part of the process, I'm like, screw you, <laughs> I'm going to go to hospital. And it turned out to be food poisoning. From the ghee or from Probably else? from some food or drink that I took at the retreat center. Mm, okay. yeah. So trusted myself. And within six hours, I was out of hospital and happy. So I left the go? retreat yeah, center. Okay. So I, that was my next question. I went and I said, I'm checking out, um, but I'm not leaving until I sit down with your director. Ooh. So I waited for three hours, I sat down with her, and obviously I gave it to yeah. her. But I also knew that my sister would continue because my sister, I was there for my sister. Mm. It really wasn't my detox program. So I didn't want to make things too ugly mm. as well. So I spoke my truth as clearly Civil, as I as could. Politely, yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't bother to, to hide the fact that I was deeply disappointed mm. and angry mm. at them. And then I made them promise that they're going to take good care of my sister. Mm. Like, I couldn't stay. Mm. You know, they asked me to stay, but I couldn't bring myself to stay. But then, you know, like, life has a way. Like, I felt like that was God's plan for mm. my sis to continue and for me to move out because I got a room at my usual guest house. I've been staying there for more than 10 years. I texted the owner and he's like, yes, come, sure. I'll have a room for you. Your room, the room mm. that I've always been staying in. I went... I felt like I could finally breathe deeply when I got into that space. And the next morning, my friend and retreat assistant, his name is Adi Yoga. Hey. Yeah, you know him, yeah. right? Um, so he was saying that, hey, I'm going to practice at this new space in Ubud that just opened up two weeks ago. It's called oh. Alchemy. Um, it's opposite. Alchemy is a really well-known restaurant and that just opened up a yoga studio. And he said it's about 10 minutes away from where I was staying. If I want, I could hop on a bike and meet him. And I remember like the class was at 9.30 on a Saturday morning. I was sitting on my balcony at 9 o'clock thinking like, wow, do you think my 
belly can hold up or not you know like really should I go so far and try a class in like a completely different setting I told myself like look I'm already out like just go like I almost find a bush to puke in right if the stomach can't handle so I went um, and he saved me a mat beside uh, this retired ship captain who turned out to be really pivotal in a pivotal friend in my Bali adventure this time and the icing on the cake was like right before class started. My teacher, Emily, Emily Kuzer, she walked into the class. Oh, she doesn't wow. even teach there, dude. Like this is on the other end right. of, of Ubud. Um, and I had previously invited her to teach on my retreat in July. And she couldn't because she was meant to fly. Mm. But she was grounded because she got COVID. COVID. And that was her first day out of her COVID bubble. What? It was like, what, yeah. What else like is written? Thank you, universe. <laughs> So you guys reconnected. We reconnected. Emily came to teach in the training. I developed a beautiful friendship with Fred. Um, Yoga is always amazing. Mm. As in Adi Yoga, my friend. Uh. We call him Yoga. He's always amazing. And yeah, it was meant to be, I think. Wow. This kind of thing, uh, hard to come by. These moments like this. Hard to come by. But I feel like when in Bali, these moments come by Mm. a lot more. Or maybe we're more open to it. The energy... It is places like Bali, like Thailand, where mm. where people go to heal. The energy is all aligned one, and then mm. you are meant to meet whoever you're meant to meet there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah maybe Thailand to you is what Bali is to yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. like Thailand has has helped heal, has helped uh, me to get stronger, and the people there are nice. The place there is nice, for sure. Yeah, you, know. you guys can't see this, but Aaron's looking pretty uh, buff. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I was, was that part of the healing process in Thailand? In a way, in a way, because mm. when when I left, I think like I reached a point where I need to do something. I need to change, right? I'm, I'm I have been struggling with this fucking thing for like damn long already. Like since when we first talked, I need to do something different because I kept doing the same thing. Yep. Right. So I I needed to do something different and. Back when things ended with Ray, I, I went to Ashtanga because it was something to do every day. It was a routine mm. and there was structure to it. And then gymming was a way to find, like, also because of my knee, it was fucked up mm. and I couldn't do jujitsu. So going to the gym, it was uh, something convenient, something that I could just go to every day. And then I wanted to get stronger, but so, like, how can I get stronger, like, in general? mentally and physically so going to the gym was something to get stronger physically mm. but then waking up going when you're tired all that kind of thing it's now mental strength now yeah. and and when I go there I also don't know what to do at the start then I had to learn what to do plan my routine learn how to use the machines and all that so it's just it became something that I struggled with to the point where it became something I need to go like it feels weird if I don't go you know like yeah. like most things and then you just start to get stronger. Like, you can see yourself getting bigger. And it was something very masculine, which mm-hmm. I felt like I needed or so, because... That, yo, that, that Shiva, the that Shiva, yang right? energy. Yeah. And yeah. when I did Ashtanga, it helped to fire, burn things up for a bit with the Shiva energy. And Sita was also a very headstrong person. <laughs> she scold me and everything. So I, I, I appreciated that. But then when, when I went to the gym, also it was something like that, where... It was masculine and it was, it balanced me out a bit. 
because I'm a very feminine guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I'm, very, I'm still as indecisive and flaky and sensitive as mm. I've always been. Mm. But I just deal with it a little bit better now. Yeah, Especially when I went beautiful. on my trip. Then uh, all I did, I, would, I didn't really do anything. I just had a schedule. I woke up, I go to the gym. And then uh, at night, I'll go jujitsu. And that's, and, the, and these are the things that are like, very grounding like this is very grounding I'm rolling around on the floor mm. um, <laughs> literally literally <laughs> um, it's a lot of, it's a male dominated kind of thing mm. a lot of guys there so then and my coach so he's a, he's a very he's like a father and it's good to have that figure to learn from so mm. it's not just about from on the mats but also off the mats you know certain things certain etiquette and yeah. how to just be uh, a guy like you know mm. and and just showing up every day and just getting stronger I can feel myself getting a bit like I can feel myself getting stronger like in every sense of the word like I was yeah. fighting I was fighting my demons when I'm at the gym mm. so I had a lot of demons to fight and then when I went there I would battle them and then each time I I finish the session I'll feel better I'll mm. feel lighter I'll feel more clearer mm. and it helped her. it helped and then the more you kept doing it, the just the the rewards will come. More you just get everything. It becomes tighter. All my whole wardrobe has changed now because all my shirts are so tight. Mm. And I like it. I like to do it. Yeah, it helps. My knee feels better now. So that's great. Yeah. You know, in classical yoga, we when we talk about yoga as a path of transformation, not just asana, but mm. yoga as a path of personal transformation. Um, there are two ways. There is the bottom-up approach where you use body, aka asana, to access the breath, aka pranayama. And then you use pranayama to then access the layers mm. of the mind. And then, of course, there's a top-down approach where, you know, some people start with meditation and then that flows right, through. Right. Yeah, so that sounds to me like a very solid bottom-up approach. Mm. I feel like I need something like that. Yeah. I think movement is, has always been something that helps me to calm down my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it was yoga, whether it was jits, whether it's gymming, yeah. just moving. Yeah. yeah. There you are. We can hear you, right? You're a little far from the mic. Okay, you can. Okay. I mean, I can hear myself now. Okay. Can. I hope so. Uh, a lot of things has happened. I feel like I really don't know where to start. When, when I was overseas. Also, it was because, uh, right? But the distance helped. Like, I feel like I just feel so different. Like, I was talking to Bo the other day. Like, um, when I did a podcast of him. And I, I told him that I had a... He was talking about uh, Kundalini awakening or some kind of awakening. And I, and then we were talking... When we were talking about it, I was like, Hey, wait, I, I think I, I felt something like that recently. So I told him about my experience about how... Um, I felt like a surge of energy mm-hmm. happening, which is like the you know the thing opening, mm-hmm. like the thing yeah. go up, the serpent coil. Right? Yeah, and it's about tantra, and because he was talking about that, so um, I told him like I felt that recently, like in remember? Chiang Mai. No, in Singapore. Oh, wow. So like you know the super moon a few yep. weeks ago, the the previous full moon la thirteenth July. Mm. Two or three days before that, I I was just chatting with me and. And then I, I don't remember what we're talking about. Just like a normal catch up. And I had been back in Singapore maybe like two weeks, two, three weeks. 
And then I just, on the way back from the bus, I just felt like this surge of energy, like a war. And I, I don't know what triggered it. I'm sure it was something that we talked about, but I can't remember what. And then I just felt like everything is different now. Everything is different. I feel so strong. I feel so renewed. I feel reborn. Mm. And then that was the point where I went back on Instagram. I just felt like I had nothing to hide anymore. Mm. When previously, all I was trying to do was to hide, to, to not be seen be low profile as much as I can because ah, I, so that's why you stop cancelling your face with a marker <laughs> uh, I still do that. it's a funny thing I like to do it um, but I was just trying to hide and I was trying to hide because I was um, doing a lot of bad things right mm-hmm. so then I wanted to be low profile to hide because to, to, I couldn't you know it's, a, it's like a subconscious thing I didn't want to be seen so then when I realised that the shift was authentic when I came back from my trip, I was, this is it, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go back to that anymore. Then, uh, then a search happened, and then I was like, all right, nothing to hide anymore. I'm, I'm back. And then, true enough, like, when I popped back on Instagram, got a lot of attention, and I was like, hey, all you. <laughs> Shit, wow. I'm just bang the cup. Poor thing. Yeah. Um, it was nice to be back. It was nice to, 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 to see what people are doing also, you know? Mm. Like, I forget how, Sometimes Instagram is a way of connecting people. And I, and I really miss that connection. Mm. When I was in Thailand, I was all alone. I mean, I wasn't alone, lah, but like most of the time when you travel alone, you're going to be alone at home, you know? I feel you, yeah. When you go to the cafe and you, you don't know anybody, you're just sitting there and, and you're just, you have a lot of time to think. Yeah. You have a lot of time to reflect. And you have a lot of time to heal. But through that, loneliness also comes. Like you have to face your demons. It's like COVID all over again when you're stuck at home. Yeah. So then I got used to being by myself. I got to know myself. And mm. I got to enjoy hanging out with myself. Mm. First two months, I think I was just stampsy and I would call people that I knew, hey, you want to hang out, you want to hang out. But it's all distractions. Mm. Then at the last month, towards the end, I just felt like I don't need anybody. And I, would, I had my routine. I go to the gym. I go to the jits. Once in a while, I would take a bike ride out to the mountains or whatever mm. to see the waterfall. And I was just content. Mm. Yeah. That intimacy with ourselves, I feel like that's such a beautiful gift of yoga for me, mm. just because I'm a yoga practitioner. But um, yeah, um, I was sharing actually on mm. the July retreat with the participants who came that I was reminded of something that I heard in a yoga class in Bali in 2019, September. That was when I was going through a big shift in my life as well. I took two weeks off. I went to Bali on my own. And in one of the classes, um, one of the teachers said, yoga is intimacy. Mm-hmm. Into me, I see. Ooh. And my mind just went like, Pfft. And, you know, like three, four years on, that's really how I still feel about the practice, you know, to, to be a practice that brings you into intimacy mm-hmm. with yourself is so powerful. I think that's what separates yoga from most or every other physical activity because it doesn't bring you inwards. It's often a more extrinsic experience. Maybe. And I think for me, that's why I, with all the shifts that I went through in the past few years, it just got to a point where teaching public classes for Mm. the sake of teaching 60-minute classes, I didn't feel like I was doing anything to support people to be into greater intimacy with themselves. Intimacy takes time, Mm. you know? Like, it's about getting... If you're intimate with a partner, it means getting to know that person, right? 
And that for me was a big game changer. So I don't do public classes yeah. anymore. Which is an incredible shift, a very bold shift also. Scary, totally like, right. I like, yeah. was like leaping off the cliff. Like, I like teaching public classes. Mm. I like that energy of like having 20 people in class. Mm. Or, and I like just being in a yoga studio and, and doing that, like sharing. Yeah. But for you, it was much more. Like, you felt like it wasn't aligned with you anymore. It, I really enjoyed the whole like big classes when I was a younger mm-hmm. teacher. But I felt that, well, the... That moment of reckoning for me, mm. I remembered it was in early December. I had taken some time off from teaching public classes because I was teaching a private teacher training to some Nepali ladies. And I came to class on a Tuesday night, um, taught a class at Delhi Point. And in that class, I saw a lot of familiar faces, you know, people who had been practicing at home for, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Yet when I taught, um, I was shifting on the inside already, but I saw the same struggles, you know, people didn't want to be present, people always felt like they needed to get somewhere, and it, it showed so much, like, resistance it showed on, on the mat, you know, and I realized that if I continued teaching, or if I continued being part of the model that teaches yoga as 60-minute, 75-minute classes, I'm not doing anything mm. to support them in what can be a really powerful journey of transformation you know yeah so that was the moment that i knew i had i had to leave wow yeah and to be able you know like intimacy takes time Mm. so to take time to get to know one another whether it's on a retreat or as private sessions Mm. where we know each other and we journey together one-on-one for a longer time or in trainings you know, when the foundation for intimacy is set, mm. it's not about the asana. Mm. It's not at all. It's so much deeper, like, like connection. You can't, yeah. you can't fake it. You, you can't. can't. You can't recreate it if it's not there. Yeah. And it takes time, and and it takes the right people, and it takes that moment. Or like, you need two people with the with the with uh, an openness mm. and a situation. A willingness to see and be seen and to trust that mm. you are safe. And safety also takes time. Mm. More than 60 minutes. That is fun. It's nice to talk to you again. It's been so long. <laughs> As someone like, like, I feel like I haven't had the chance to talk to any, I haven't really caught up with most of my friends. I haven't had the time to caught up with Mei Mei. When, when I was overseas. I bumped into her at the studio, but I haven't really sat down and chatted with her. Mm. I don't think I've shared much about my trip with her either. Um, yeah. I've been up with Lynn, also, uh, Lynn number one, uh, Vietnamese Lynn. Mm. Yeah, mm. we reconnected her, so it was oh, nice to talk nice. to her. She's like to a her. big entrepreneur now. Yeah, right? yeah. Huh? very interesting. Mm. Then I saw Charlotte at the, doing Mysore the other mm. day. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, wow. Like, all low profile, it's like pop up. Yeah, so it's nice to have these random encounters or so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, then uh, I recently chatted with Angie or so. It was nice to catch up with her. Mm, yeah, and now you know. Mm. All these people from the past. Not that past. Not that past, yeah, but from a better, no, not, I can't say better time. Different time. Different time, different, different time. And to yeah. see the contrast of how who we were uh, and you know we went through that certain thing and then now like hey you know yeah. it's different how we've grown yeah, yeah. it's yeah, always I mean, beautiful in retrospect mm. but 
so tough when you're in the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like now we really like we are two different people, and and we should be. Our our agendas or our our what we follow is different now, right? We are we're seeking something else, or at least for me, where what are you seeking? I th- I feel like I had the. I'm f- pre so previously, it was always about freedom. That was my that was my um, principle. My mm-hmm. my religion, right? Whoever I follow, whatever I believed in, was freedom. Freedom in every sense of the word, um, literally, figuratively, freedom. But then I, as time went on and through whatever I experienced, I realized that that was a false idea of freedom, which led me to be trapped in my own mind. So then it wasn't freedom. It mm. was a lower vibration of it. Uh, now, I feel that uh, it is... Um, I, I, how do I say? I feel that it's more of like, I need to, whatever I say, I need to align it with what I do. Mm. So it is a matter of truth. If authenticity. I, authenticity. Mm. So if I say I'm going to do this or I say I'm not going to do this and I do it, then I'm not being authentic to myself. Yep. Whatever I say can't be believed. Yeah. And I'm being dishonest to myself. Yep. So I can't trust myself. And previously, I was sort of like that where I would think that I'm doing something that was authentic to me or to my truth, but it wasn't. Mm. And... Because of that, there was conflict, internal mm. conflict, where it's not true. Like I, like I say, I was always an honest person. I believed in honesty, and the honesty is very important to me. And I thought that, and I believed that, and I thought that I was being honest with the things that I do. Where if I say this, like, hey, I'm, I'm actually saying, like, you know, I'm being honest with what I said, but then I still do dishonest things. So then mm. there was a conflict. So now I need to, to align that which yeah. is maybe it's authenticity and maybe it's also truth. Yeah. So if I f- follow truth, truth will set you free. So which is also in line with true freedom of, of what it means. And true freedom, not in the sense of doing whatever you want, mm. but freedom in the sense of liberation, uh, freedom from fear, freedom from suffering. Uh, the poisons in, of the mind that yeah. we call cliches. Ayo. Do you remember from your training? Yeah. I, I mean, I know that, yeah. Um, stuff like, say, uh, discipline, where, like, like you know, what helped me was, like, my soul going, waking up every day, going to gym every day, this discipline. Discipline also equals freedom. Um, truth also equals freedom. Uh, stuff like, stuff where I thought was would like I was just blinded by a lot of my own insecurities mm-hmm. I was just misguided I was just confused I was just lost but then once I managed to secure or rather to define what was my tr- truth what was my principle mm-hmm. then everything became a bit more clearer does this bring me closer to truth or further away Mm. and then it helped me to decide what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live my life if I do this am I being deceitful to myself am I 
am I be, am I doing something dishonest? Mm. And if, if it is, then I don't want to do it. So it's very very simple, really. Yeah. So many things are coming up in my in my head and my heart as I listen to you share. I'm reminded of one of my friends, Erin, um, beautiful Erin from Perth, wonderful friend of mine. We met on yoga training more than 10 years ago. And she always used to tell me, if it's not a full body yes, it's a no. Yeah, you you've know? said that to me yeah. before. Mel also has said that to me before. Yeah. If it's not a yes, it's a no. And it's true. Yeah, right? it's, it's 100%. It's but sometimes, you know, like... The mind is always very wily, you know. The mind is a fox the mind and a is monkey. The root and it, of all suffering. Everything comes from the mind. One. Yeah, but it's also the root of liberation. So, um, you know, but the mind has a way of intellectualizing and complicating something that, you know, the sign can be really clear mm. in the body. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is why, you know, you can't just sit and expect to reach enlightenment, mm. you know. The body is such a beautiful tool. It's to find that alignment, though. Yeah. Everything that needs to be aligned so that you're able to be aware, to be able to see things clearly and then to take action towards whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think for me, in my years of inquiry and, you know, I'm somebody who really values freedom as well, Mm. the ability to do what I want. I realize that there's a very fine line between what we perceive as freedom and instant gratification. Ooh, yeah. tell for me, me more. For me, learning freedom is not instant gratification, mm. usually, most of the time. You know, sort of like, if you take freedom in its more sort of like simplistic version, it's, I want to eat a cheesecake. Mm. If then I see the cheesecake, it, yeah. I, will, I will take it, you know. But if you start to develop an obsession for that cheesecake and that routine that at 3pm every day, you must eat that cheesecake mm. or else you feel like really grouchy, what happens if the shop shuts down for three weeks, you know? Is that really freedom? Yeah, like I was saying about how I was misguided by what that meant, what, you know, mm. uh, I think it took a while to like step away and to get a, gain a new perspective and having gone through whatever you go through to then realize like you need to, you need to do something different, you need to see something in a different way. Um, I had a thought, but I lost it as usual. <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, you know, like we're talking about freedom here in 2022. If we live to tell the tale another five years later, our perspective of freedom mm. may be very different as well. So it's going to be It will be always a, evolve. I'm sure it will, a journey of continue to, it will continue to evolve for sure. Yeah. And I'm quite excited about that, to be honest. Like that's what makes life interesting mm. and worth sort of like exploring and living. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, what do you think, like, say I'm, I'm about to embark on my own journey. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you want to give the readers some context? Uh, the reader, sorry, listeners. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, August is my last month at home. Mm. I think it's, you know, it's, it's not that I want to leave, but I... I accept it, right? The RPE closed. There's, left, there's only two studios. There's a lot of teachers back now. And then when I made that choice to to go overseas, and before before it was, I told Angie, like, I was going to be gone for like a year. Yeah. So then they hired people to cover me. What? And I knew at that point, like, there, there was a possibility that I was going to lose my job anyway. Mm. 
And then when I when I keep like, you know things happen, I keep two 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 until like I decided to just go for like two months, which became three months. So I was gone for three months, and when I came back, um, things changed as they should. Yeah. And then like they weren't adopt, they weren't in as many classes for me anymore. When I came back, mm. they had to prioritize the other teachers, which I get. And then, uh, so I needed to like even if I stayed, also like like one class, two classes is not a. It's you know it's not, not enough sustainable. Uh, not sustainable. So then I had plans to to go back to Thailand, and I guess this was a way to push me in that direction. It was so when I when I found when I when I got the news, I was like, I was I was not afraid. Like I told Angie, like oh, I accepted. Uh, I, yeah. I I I'm not gonna fight this, and it felt so liberating to be like, oh now things are gonna happen, mm. you know, and. And I guess when I did come back, also I thought that I would like I I feel I felt stronger to be able to deal with certain things, but then just being back at home, so it does trigger me a little bit, you know, when I see certain people. So it's, I mean, I I don't want to fucking go to details up, but uh, it's just it didn't feel like a safe place as as before. Um, not that it's not a safe space, lah. It's just that it's. I need like I just need to get over certain things, which I am trying to do, which mm. I will uh, right eventually through time, and so now like now it's the now it's a good push, you know. Yeah. Things are changing with the world. The world is slowly healing, even though some things are gonna happen soon, right? If we are aware, so it makes sense. Everything makes sense, and I have complete trust in whatever that's about to happen, and mm. I feel like I just need to stick to the plan and keep. Keep going at it. Keep fighting. Keep training. Keep mm. doing what I need to do. Get stronger. And then uh, this reminded me of a, uh, 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 like when I was in Thailand and when I was on a spiritual journey. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, what nature told me was that there was there was this dance. There was this balance between um, resisting and holding on. And everything that I did was about that, where, like, I would push and I would pull. I would push and I would pull, and when I, when I was like walking, I would step, and then I, my my knees would buckle, mm. so there was a softness. Mm. But then before I fell, I would tense it up again to mm. to straighten it. So I was just moving. I was stepping. I was like quote unquote dancing because I was doing a funny move with my hand with my legs. I was stepping. I release. I limber a bit. Mm. And I step and I limber a bit. Mm. But I catch myself before I fall. And then that told me was like, this was a dance. Like I was uh, the way I moved became a dance because it was so organic. Yeah. And through that dance, I learned that it was a matter of holding on and letting go, holding on and letting go at the right time mm-hmm. so that I don't fall mm-hmm. or I don't tense up too much. I'm too rigid. And then. I told my friend that um, what did I say, uh, like when I after that awaken uh, after that uh, experience, I told my friend about how um, everything is a fight. I'm fighting this, um, so it's about a struggle. I said struggle, so everything is a struggle. I had to accept that everything was a struggle, and I needed to push, pull, hold, let go, hold, let go. Mm. And then he said, like, why do you always? Uh, Describe it in a negative way. Mm. Instead of seeing it as a struggle, see it as a dance. Mm. 
So then, then when I heard that, like, oh, it made so much sense because mm. uh, it was literally a dance. Like I can see that as a struggle. Like I'm like pulling, oh, and I like go ah. Mm. But then if I saw it as more as a flow, mm. as a dance, and like a dance, there is no beginning, there is no end, there mm. is no purpose to that dance. It is just being in that moment and you're flowing. Yeah. So if life is just about that, where we don't resist, when we when we move with the tide, but we still we still try and steer the boat but then if the wave pushes us we let it go so then when after that experience i was like "Mm, i feel like i know i know what to do i'm a bit more sure of myself and i can believe the words that i say yeah dancing with the divine it's Mm. yeah but also um i don't know i have a lot of masculinity in me and for me learning to enjoy the dance was learning to yield like mm. to me yield is not a bad word to me yield is a beautiful word to yield to the workings and the directions and the little nudges of mm. the divine you know and to not be like that petulant child who's like no i'm gonna stay i'm gonna resist but to be like okay what's oh, yeah. what's gonna arise mm. you know can i be open to that and i always maintain that as humans we can only see so far mm. But the divine or God or nature, whatever you call it, you know, like they can see so much further. So why do we try so hard? Uh, uh, A good way I like to analogize that is that like, say when you look back in hindsight of all the things that has happened to you, Mm. it always makes sense like, oh, everything that has, if if you're wise enough and if you're aware enough, you realize that everything that has happened to you has happened for a reason to lead you to where you are now. Yep. And if you believe that, then everything henceforth is all meant to be you. So it's yeah. all written and it's all like, you can't go wrong. Every choice that you make at that moment is the right choice already. Right? So then mm. why be afraid? Why why resist? Because yeah. then you're just adding more suffering into whatever that's already happening. What? That's true. Um, for me, it's also sort of um, rewriting my relationship with mm. happiness. Like something really wise woman once told me like she's actually my physio and then turned craniosacral therapist and amazing confidant and when we talk about when she guides me into sensing different experiences in my body so i would always feel like a lot more open and limber on the left side and always feel like a lot denser and tighter on my right side when it comes into inner body experience and in my previous sort of like working like previously working on myself it was always almost like a very taken for granted oh the right side feels tighter so i should try to make the right side looser Mm. right Mm. but when i started working with her and she asked and guided me into my body and i described exactly what i told you she would say okay hold that both in your awareness without needing to change it and when i held it both in my awareness there was like this synergistic dance to use your word where instead of the right side needing to lengthen to match the left the left condensed while the right was extending and there was just this like intangible beautiful balance that came simply from holding not from me willing something to happen and that's sort of been my philosophy in life right now you know like things that make me joyful can i hold it things that make me sad or angry or disappointed can mm. i hold it 
without needing to convert that anger or that sadness or that grief into joy. Can I hold that both in my awareness? And it's been, yeah, that was a really powerful moment for me. That's interesting. I'm trying to see what that, how that translates or like what that lesson translates. In because, life? Yeah. Mm. Because uh, for me, when I was, like whatever, say, say if, I, if I'm in a rut or if I'm in a, if, if I'm in a situation or if I'm sad, let's say, or very simple, if I'm sad, I will, I've been told to like, allow myself to feel what I need to feel and yeah. to whatever. And if I give myself permission to feel what I need to feel, which I get. Like if you're angry, feel angry, but don't, you don't have to react to the anger. Just feel it, acknowledge it, don't suppress it. But to me, uh, but for me when I did that, I was just always allowing myself to feel sad. I was allowing myself to feel uh, wallowing. Wallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like, yeah, today I feel sad. I'm going to allow myself to feel sad. And then mm. nothing happened. So I think it was, I just needed to do something. I needed to s- switch it off or switch it on rather. Mm. And just like, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy, you know, I'm a man and I can't fucking uh, just, just, oh, I'm sad. So I allow myself to be sad. It's mm. a very like, I don't know. I needed to do something. I needed to mm. focus that energy, harness that energy, the sadness, the rage, the anger, mm into something else. Mm. The gym was a good way to vent jits also, you know, where I'm just like pumping and I'm doing it. And then you will feel the release, you cry or whatever, when you hear a song or, yeah. or when you just reach a point where you are pushing yourself to a, a certain limit and through that growth, through that, through that discomfort, mm. I feel that I, I've, I've channeled the sadness or I've channeled the anger or the negative emotions into something positive. Mm, I hear you. I think maybe we have a little different approach to life. Mm. Like maybe even though you're a man, mm. your approach to life is a little bit more feminine. Mm. And even though I'm a woman, ah, my approach to life is a little bit more masculine. So when I go into like those spaces of sadness or anger mm. or disappointment, I'm very quick to snap out of it mm. because I'm very practical as well. Mm. Um, but for me, learning to hold that sadness or that anger without needing to change it, it taught me how to soften. Mm. It taught me surrender. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know. So it's just—I mean, it's—it's it's the same journey, but maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Two because sides I feel like I needed coin. to harden myself, yeah. not to put up walls. Yeah, but, but sort to, of like get that. Yeah, because uh, like I'm a very, you know, mm, I'm yeah, very, I know. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> soft boy, like, I'm a fucking soft boy, but I just need to step up. I can't like, I can't just crumble. Yeah. If anything poke me, I crumble. Then what the fuck, you know? I need mm. to. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I fucking feel stronger now because I've been working out and stuff. But that's just a small part. Funny. So do I feel stronger yeah. by right? embracing softness. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Two different paths, same, same destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nice. So nice. Is anything, can we expect anything from you anytime soon? Uh, whether it's... <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you got an announcement to make? <laughs> no, as in like... Um, People are going to think I'm pregnant, man. <laughs> at, to clarify, I meant like future sharings. Like yeah. um, you have upcoming TTs, you have upcoming um, teacher trainings and all that kind of thing. What's what's What can we expect from living yoga? If we bring it back to like the more practical stuff. Okay. Um, just 
Erin and I were joking about being airheads earlier before the, the recording came on. And for me, I don't have a one-year plan. I'm not sure I have a six-month plan. <laughs> I do until December. Um, so in October, I'm going to be going back to Bali for a retreat, bringing a smaller group this time, maximum 12. And we have maybe one space left. I'm keeping it on hold, but... You know, if it opens up, it's for a female in a twin share room. Mm. Um, we're going to go to East Bali for two nights, sit them in a more, a more rustic old Bali that's off the beaten tourist track before we then venture back into Ubud, which is, you know, like my that, home in yeah. my heart, the, the home in my heart that's yeah. Ubud. So we're going to do that. Um, I've started appreciating the beauty of having an assistant. So yeah. in Bali, uh, Adi Yoga, we spoke about him earlier. He's an amazing assistant. Um, when I was in Bali on retreat, um, with the retreat in early July, he was the one who went like, okay, Lee, our evening practice is at 4.45. Can we please meet at 4.30 outside the shala? I'm like, mm. okay, boss, <laughs> I'll just show up. <laughs> yeah, so it's been... Easy. It's been easy and it's also me learning to you, to, to uh, letting somebody, you know, yeah, like yeah, take yeah. a little bit more control. Because you need to, 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 to save your energy for the In a way, stuff. in yeah. a way, but also like, yeah, it really cleared my headspace. Mm. So that's happening in October 5th to 9 in Bali. And then at the end of the year in December, it's got one of a, it's time of a really exciting collaboration mm. I've dreamed about. I'm going to be, um, well, I have invited um, Prasad Rangnika, who is an old friend of a friend and we've connected many years ago. So he's going to come as a guest teacher on my South India. I'm not even sure to say it's a yoga retreat. It's like a yoga spiritual pilgrimage where we're going to explore yoga and mythology. We're going to wow. go to like sacred sites in South India. Prasad will be, uh, will be with us in uh, in Pondicherry and then in Tiruvannamalai. Mm. So... That's gonna be a really, yeah. I'm 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 nervous as I always am when I bring people to India, <laughs> but and then we're gonna travel like three different cities this time. So I'm really excited about that. How one. many How many days is that? Uh, third to ten December, so eight days, eight wow. days, seven nights. Yeah, so that's gonna be really exciting. This is your first, your first trip back to India after Andretta, is it? No, I was back in India after Andretta in January. I spent some time in Mumbai uh, and Pune with oh, some yeah, friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that yeah. Would, this would be my first trip back since mm, January since, yeah. 2020. Wow. Yeah. And then after the trip, um, I have a really good friend in India. Um, his name is Raghu, really my Indian bestie. So Raghu's going to drive, he's going to fly down to Chennai from Mumbai and then we're going to do a road trip. Mm. We're going to drive from Chennai down to Kuk, where we have been invited to a wedding of a bride we don't know, actually, but we know her friend. Apparently, that's the thing to do in India. So we're just going to go. And then from Kuk, we're actually going to drive up to Mysore for a few days. Mm. So I got some good recommendations from John. Mm. And then from Mysore, we'll drive into Bangalore and then we'll spend time with that friend of the bride. Mm. And then I'll fly back to Singapore from there. So I'm just really excited, you know. To, A lot of things happening. Uh, yeah, to go back to India. Things happening maybe professionally, but also personally. So mm. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And next year, I don't know, you know, like in pandemic times, it's taught me that sometimes looking in the long run is not always the most um, helpful. Mm. But assuming that the pieces fall into place, I should be doing a 
weekend part-time training, 200-hour teacher training at home yoga from mid-April to mid-June. The, the school holidays now, right? That period. Mm, not really. I mean, April it... is not school holidays. June? Yeah. But oh. it's the weekend. Yeah. Oh, so right, it's a weekend, weekend yeah. program. So that's going to happen, maybe, if the pieces fall into place. You know, mm. 2023 seems like such a big question mark. Both, you know, <sighs> not just in my life, but I feel like in the global the, in, sense. In, yeah, in, in the context of the whole world, like we really don't know exactly what is happening. There is a general sense of healing happening now, where things are opening up, uh, things are getting back on track to how it was before COVID. But also there is, a, there is something at the back. There's something hiding, yeah, blooming. Something's not quite something settled is, yet. Yeah. So this might be the calm before the, the storm where, where things are going to happen with exactly. the war, war or whatever. We don't so know. we'll see. That's why I feel like now's a good time to go on my trip as well. Yeah. Like to just just get away from everything. Give people space or so. One girlfriend of mine likes to say, live your best life. You know, mm. or some people say like, you only live once. And I mean, honestly, you know, mm. we can't sleepwalk with the idea that, oh, I'm definitely going to wake up tomorrow. We what if you don't? Like we, we can't we can't be guided by fear. Even though fear is a very important part of life where we need to be afraid of certain things or we need to be aware of it. But if we let fear take over us, then we will never truly live. And I think a lesson that That's someone true. once told me, so like Ray, Ray told me this lesson, she said like, you can be anybody you want to be. And if, 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 you, can, if you truly believe that, if you can be anything or anyone that you want to be, why would you waste any time to be afraid? or to be anything less than who you could be. And That's you could, true. Yeah. I actually, I don't know, you, you may have to cut this out. Is she going to get a, grab a book? Yes. So I picked up this book in Bali, The Lost Bali Stories. Oh, it looks very nice. It looks very like, nice to touch. Huh? <laughs> touch up. Lost Stories. Yeah. So... Hey, sharing, come. <laughs> yeah, insert. there is, there is a story in it so it's like short stories and it's all yours go for it one of the authors he quoted a different person called susan jeffers and susan wrote we cannot escape fear we can only transform it into a companion that takes us on all our exciting adventures take a risk a day one small or bold stroke that will make you feel great once you have done it Mm. yeah transforming fear into a companion that's quite something. Hmm. I have a quote about fear as well. You do? Yeah. I don't know whether it's still in my notes or not. I'm going to go and check. Uh, I mean, it seems to find it. How do I even... Oh, here. Wait. wait. You're probably going to cut this part off. <laughs> Maybe. Well, let them wait. Uh. Let, them, let them hear this awkward silence while I look for this quote that I might not even find because I have too many things in my notes. Uh, yeah, I cannot find that. Never mind. Oh, well. I think I wrote it down in my my teaching my like yoga sequence book not in my notes hmm. well I have one more should I like fill the gap while you're Can. scrolling through your phone um, this really aligned with me back in 2019 
and it's by um, an Indian author, Anthony DeMello. What is love? asked the student. The total absence of fear, said the master. What is it that we fear? asked the student. Love, Mm. said the master. Yeah. I like that. Dude, you're still scrolling. Just stop, man. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. Oh, no, wait. Not this one. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I cannot find that. I apologize for the anti-climatic comeback. Yeah, I apologize too. (laughs) So lame. Maybe I'll put it in the in the little episode. Yeah, Yeah. maybe I'll say it at the end when I when I'm doing my closing uh, recording. (laughs) At least not so anti-climax. It's climax at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many dirty jokes in my head, but will not make it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I came into this podcast unprepared. <laughs> you had maybe I had one a couple or two of notes, questions, but then yeah, yeah, but then like I figured like we're friends. Uh, we just come back and we just chat. So yeah. if there are a random awkward pauses, it's just a deal with it, law, right? Were there? No, the most no, awkward was you scrolling now. through your yeah, phone. Nah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Are we gonna talk about anything else, or is this the end of the I don't podcast? Know. Do you have anything you want to share? What else can we talk about? What else do people want to know? No, I think we covered quite a lot of ground. Mm. Yeah. We can always do another one, lah. Yeah. Right. Maybe every time, time, every every shift, there'll be something. Three oh. years later, if we're all still alive. We can just keep doing it, lah. Like I don't mind. I have to come visit you in Chiang Mai since you're come, gonna be come. there for a while. Bo is right? gonna be there, so in and in December, so Ooh, I'll be there for a so. holiday. I think he's going to hold his retreat there. Oh, wonderful. So if I'm there, I, I might pop by, see if he wants me to teach or, or I don't know, just yeah. do whatever. Well, December's going to be tough for me. I'm in India. Mm, but yeah. We'll see. But I'll, if, if I'm there, I'll be there for quite a while. So just whenever long. For sure. Yeah. And then if anybody wants to find me, just let me know. I'll be there. Sort you <laughs> out. Buy a one-way ticket to, yeah. one-way ticket to no Chiang Mai. He will feed you. Yeah. Get okay, energetic clothes. Energetic clothes, what mm. is that? Energetically closed now. Talk until nothing talk already. Okay. Energetic clothes. Okay. Thank you very much for having mm. me on your podcast. Thank you for um, being on it as I'm always. I'm a lot less nervous than yeah. I was when we first recorded the first good, one. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done you've done a few episodes or so, right? With with Yoke mm, or so. Recently so, with Yoke. Yeah, so if, if anybody who knows who Yoke is, she's a she's a teacher, so uh the kids teacher at home. She has her own podcast that she does with a friend. It's called In My Body. Yeah. They talk yeah. a little bit more about somatics and um, trauma, mm. really. Good yeah. to listen to. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to have her on as well. The last time I asked her, then like I just ended up stopping. And I mm. never do really. I need to get it back. So like, yeah, all this, you know, talking to the people again. It's, yeah. it's trying to get things back. To get the momentum again. All the best. Mm. Thank you. Okay lah. Bye Easy. guys. Bye. Do we end? Try sweet. Okay. Uh, I guess everyone is like waiting for this magical quote now, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> the pressure for it to be to to be for it to be like profound. So you you know it might not be uh, to some. So you just manage your expectations for a bit. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Okay. Um, 
So this is a quote that was from the book, which then became the movie uh, Dune, D-U-N-E. It came out recently. It's got Timothy Chalamet, the guy from that Peach movie. And it's got Zendaya. It's got, what, who else? That guy from the ghost show. Spec- <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> yeah, the hipster guy. Um, okay, yeah, here it is. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fears. I will permit it to pass over over me and through me. And when it has passed, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Uh, So... It sounds like a, oh, it feels almost like a mantra because the way that it's written, it's like a, it's like a self-affirmation because he's using like words like I and me and stuff like that. So when I read it or when I first, when I first heard it, it's, it was like a reminder for myself, for your, like yourself, you know, because you're speaking in that first person. And then when I thought back on the times that, uh, you know, moments in your life where you feel that you had to overcome something, it really felt like that. It felt like that was, you had to just face it. Oftentimes, when you're going through something difficult, the only way, the only way, the only way to, 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 to deal with it is to, to, is to go through it. So the way that the quote sort of painted fear was just something like a passing thing where you pass through you, you have to allow it to pass through you, you have to deal with it. And then when it is gone, when it passes through, when you look back, you see its path, but then you are the only one that's still standing. And when you and you know when you think about all the times when you did have to overcome something, when you managed to survive something difficult, at the end of it, you always have this feeling of, uh, you know, that you you made it. Uh, you know, I I feel like I've 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 I feel like I've let I've let fear lead me through my life for so long and always having to run around run away rather from from certain things or to refuse to face certain things or to deal with them always fucking run, running away and then when you finally had to manage it overcome it at least for mine it wasn't by choice uh, but when you had to, when you had no choice and you were forced to, to face it, when it ends, when the dust settles and when every, when you get to see everything a bit more clearer now, you can see yourself. You're the only, you're always the only one left standing. And I remember feeling those moments. Again, that's why that, that quote resonated with me a lot because you, I can really, I feel like I can see myself standing there and I felt, you know, very sure of myself, very st- stronger, mm, you know, felt more stronger. Uh, you know, uh, whoever that's listening to this, I hope, I hope this finds you at the right time. I hope that you find the courage to step out of your shadow from your own fears and to to find the courage in the moment that you need to be brave 
and and just do what you need to do. Uh, all we have is the moment, right? And then when that moment is gone, it's gone. Ugh, so heavy. Mm, if you like what you hear, let me segue for a bit. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends, repost it on IG, tag me. <clears throat> uh, tag me, tag the, the Mostly Yoga podcast thing. I'll repost it. Um, and then again, if you if you want to donate, you can show your support. Just click on the link below. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me, drop me any questions. Uh, all this stuff. Uh, if you want to find out more about Lee as well, all her links are in the description below. And I'm sure she's open to saying hi if you drop her a text on on whatever thing. Uh, okay, thanks for listening. That's all. Bye-bye.